Hey gang, did you know that active military and veterans have a loan available to them that is hands down the best loan product available to home buyers? And did you know that civilians can capitalize on some of these products as well? All that plus a ton of other great and practical information for anyone looking to buy a home, plus some very specific and special information for our men and women in uniform. Today we interview the loan guru. But don't tell him that I called him that. Let's do this. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to How to Buy a Home, the podcast that teaches you how to turn your largest monthly bill, your stupid rent payment, into your largest automatic wealth builder, and sooner than you think, just by getting educated. And today we have a fellow educator dropping his knowledge all over your ear holes. So excited about this one. Hey gang, my name is David Sidoni. I am the How to Buy a Home guy. I'm a realtor with EXP Realty here in Southern California, and if you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'll let you know that in early 2019, I love helping first-time home buyers, so I decided to make that my full-time gig. I want to help you guys not only achieve the goal of getting your keys to your first house, but also serving you. Maybe you're a planner. Maybe you just need help with the plan and you're years away from the keys. That's cool because we're going to help you with the most important piece of the home buying puzzle, your plan. It's a map, if you will. And in fact, my guest today comes up with his own map metaphor, and it involves a children's cartoon character. Any guesses? <laughs> you have to wait. So if you're years away from potentially buying a home, or if you're a first-time listener just trying to get some tips, just a heads up, our guest today gets pretty technical with the loan process. I break it down in more basic terms on many, many other podcast episodes. You can start with episode 16. We go through some of the basics, and of course, there's the seven-episode little mini-series that uh, we've entitled How to Financially Plan to Buy a Home. That begins on episode 19. It's got seven parts to it. That really helps break everything down for you. But if you've been listening for a while and you've been kind of waiting for some deeper knowledge, and maybe you have already done some research, maybe you've listened to all the podcasts and you've researched some of the other podcasts that we've recommended here, and you have a baseline of knowledge and you're waiting for some more in-depth, nitty-gritty details on the loan process, hang on to your hats, gang, because today's guest, he's got it. And he's going to give you some really good information. And why is he a guest on my show? Because the dude has passion for this. And he's got a sick beard, too. It's awesome. So he and I obviously click. Someone that is passionate and fired up, but also extremely well-educated. It's great because he says, what I tell you guys all the time, we're not the smartest guys on the block. We just read the most information we can, consume it, and then regurgitate to you guys. So he's going to get into the details of how leveraging the debt of home ownership is the core, the pillar, the foundation of your financial wealth. And he is not blowing smoke. He believes in this. And he, like yours truly, Captain Dorco, Mr. How to Buy a Home, well, he's dedicated himself, like I have, his entire business, his livelihood to sharing the message, but not sharing it to the wealthy so that they can build more wealth, but to share this message of hope to an underserved community that has the opportunity to live a better, more secure life. That's all they need. If given 
the proper information, the tools, and the map to get there. I've been dedicating myself to first-time buyers. He's dedicating himself to veterans, another underserved community, and many of them cross over. Now, remember, if you want a hard copy of this information that he gives all this away for free today, just like I do every week or whenever I can get the podcast up, or you want any of this other podcast information, you want a hard copy of it, something you can hold, you can get it for free. Just go to davidsidoni.com, David Sidoni, S-I-D-O-N-I. That's how you spell it. It should be right there on your phone. And click podcast. And you can get and print up full transcripts of every single show. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, each of us are different types of learners. Some of us are visual learners. Some of us are audio learners, right? But here's another trick. Last episode I talked about, or a couple episodes ago, I think I talked about talking to your parents, talking to your family members, talking to other people about getting a gift to help you with the down payment. Printing up the transcripts of the pertinent information is great. It's great to use if you're talking to your parents or relatives about investing in something exciting, you. Not only is it great to show them that you've already done some research and you're not just coming to them blind asking for money, and this is just not like last time you went to them with that hairbrand idea telling that you were going to run an Etsy shop with handmade yarn-stitched beanies for doggies. Yeah, no, this shows them that you're serious. It also shows them that you have a third-party opinion from experts in the fields. A lot of times when you're trying to talk to people about this stuff, it's better to have other people's words, experts' words, not just yours. Sorry, I know they love you, but I can't help it if you broke their trust in high school. That's your fault. Shouldn't have climbed out the window, stupid. Oh, and one more thing. If your folks are older, which usually that's the way parents work, I'm not a biology major, but I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. Sometimes those older folks, they love printed paper. Seriously, old school, with highlights and sticky notes. They eat that crap up. So without further ado, let's get to some of this great information that will be available for you on the website. Lots of detailed information coming your way, along with some fundamental basics to help you on your journey to becoming a homeowner. So here's our interview with a loan guru, don't call him a guru, Chris Griffith. All right, gang, as promised, here he is. He's Captain VA. He's Mr. Loan. He's the man who believes that debt does deals, the mortgage loan originator from Texas, and the owner and founder of Does Deals, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Griffith. How are you, sir? I'm impressed with your intro. Geez, that makes me sound like a maybe not a complete nobody, which uh, I'm not for <laughs> sure how I feel about either, but great intro. Thank you very much for having me, David. I appreciate the opportunity to speak about the things that I feel like I'm not, I wouldn't say expert on. I don't like that word. I don't like subject matter expert. I don't like guru. I don't like any of that. What I'm great at is aggregating experts, vetting experts in a pre, a during, and a post type manner through the operation. So my network has been certainly my strength, but uh, love what I get to do and love when I get to have an opportunity to speak about it to people here. Well, that's awesome. We definitely sound like we're on the same page there because as I tell my folks all the time, I'm just a dummy who reads a lot of books and tells you all about it and listens to a lot of smart people like you. I'm just a dummy who's kicked a lot of coffee tables in the dark and my pinky toes help me remember perfectly where they're at. <laughs> right? So one of the, the reasons why I wanted to introduce you guys to Chris is Debt Does Deals on the website, on his Facebook page, it says that it shows clients how to use mortgage debt to build a legacy, whether it's purchasing your first home, refinancing an existing home or building a home from scratch, they'll provide you the best home loan to make your financial dreams a reality. And guys, listen to this. Do you know how to plan with debt or are you just saving a little money and hoping? 
let's reverse engineer your perfect project mortgage. Now, does that sound familiar? Huh? How many times have I been talking about planning? So tell us, Chris, about your mission. A lot of people say, hey, I'm going to do loans and help people do loans, but that sounds like you have a more specific message. Oh, I do, man. Talk about it before. I think houses should make you wealthy. Yes. I think everybody who's bold enough to believe it, listen up. And I think who everybody who doesn't believe it, listen up. And if you can't stand it, you think it's just a bad idea, then tune out and continue to be a statistic. Exactly. Right? What was it last time I heard? It was 44, 45 times wealthier network. Uh, that's been updated as well. So the census earlier this year released a data point claiming emphatically that homeowners are 80 times wealthier, eight zero times wealthier than renters per data. Here's the part. A lot of people hear this and go, oh, they'll start to make an argument of correlation or causation because they want to know, is it a factor that causes it or is it just a, a characteristic of successful people? Well, what I'll tell you is very simply, Harvard, the census, Freddie Mac, all of their data not only argues the point further than correlation, in my opinion, they best make the claim for causation. If I invited you over for dinner tonight, David, and I said, hey, David, sit in this chair, not that chair, because that chair, you're 80 times more likely to get salmonella. You would look at me and you go, look, I'm eating the same food. And then you'd sit in a chair where you didn't have a shot at getting 80 times is a big number. It's going to be so obtuse in that point, you're going to choose the thing regardless is it the chair's fault? No, right? But that's the solution. So the argument I would make to all of those people out there, regardless of whether you think homeowners are 80 times wealthier than renters because of correlation or causation, doesn't matter. The number's too stupid. It's too big. Last year, 88% of homeowners financed the purchase of their home. This year, Ellen Musk took out or Elon Musk, I'm never sure how to say his name, <laughs> the insane genius himself took out close to like 53 million in mortgages on three properties, the equivalent to his wealth of financing his daughter's Christmas bicycle at layaway because it was 0%, right? The leverage debt itself is a tool. It's a tool of leverage. It's a tool that abates risk. And it's a tool that allows your values to do the one thing that Einstein said they ought to do. And that's compounding. Einstein said compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He didn't say amortized interest. Einstein was concerned with achieving compounding growth. He was not concerned wholly with abating cost. And that's the mindset people need to have. Regardless of their beliefs, owning real estate over time is proven in every single data point to create wealth. Freddie Mac released this year, houses over the last 60 years, home value grew four times faster than wage value right? Yes. That's a significant number. So I try to show people because debt's a currency that works in two years hindsight. Most of the case, most of the time, it's something you need to plan for. And those that don't know how to plan for their debt needs, which usually determine their biggest opportunities in life, whether or not they're accomplished, if they don't know how to plan, what happens? They save a little money and hope, and then they have to deal with stuff later that they should have dealt with when they first had the idea. So. Absolutely. And it's so funny when you talk about the wages versus the growth of housing, we had a listener that called me. She was listening to the podcast, but the impetus of her picking up the phone or, well, picking up the phone, how old am I? She DM'd me, all right? But it was because the same week she got a job increase. Fantastic, 3% bump in salary. Then she got a 10% increase in her rent. 
in the same week. And she suddenly realized that this was a cycle unless she used leverage like you're talking about. She was stuck in forever because one of the great things about this leverage is it's the same rate if you get in with a fixed. So we know that you're obviously very passionate about using this, but you also have a side passion. I sell real estate, help people buy and sell real estate, but I've kind of moved into the first time buyer world. I know that you're working with the veterans a lot. Can you give us kind of the real basics? We've got folks that are listening to the podcast that never even heard of a mortgage before they put this in their ear holes. So give us some of the basics and some of the the pros of the VA loan. Well, I would say right off the bat, emphatically, and I would invite anybody who'd like to argue, especially if they're fans of math and facts, I would say right off the bat, the VA mortgage is the most efficient residential mortgage on the face of the earth, dollar for dollar, considering cost, considering ROI, if you're looking at it from a cash required standpoint, and considering risk and the recent risk numbers, right? VA mortgages over the last three to five years have been more risk adverse than even conventional products concerning default nature, right? There have been some pilfering of the loan itself by large lenders that have created some instabilities, which they pass cost on to veterans to fix. But the loan itself is very risk adverse. As far as cost goes, even there's a couple different publications this last two weeks put out articles stating that veterans had an edge in the home buyer market because of affordability difficulties. So what they're saying is the VA mortgage allows it to be so much more efficient as to the cost of leverage that veterans have a better opportunity to achieve housing in a meaningful and sustaining type manner. And so that's the very first thing I would tell everyone about the VA loan. If you're a real estate agent, if you're a consumer that's going to sell a house to a vet, if you are a buyer's agent, if you're anyone out there, the other thing I want you to know is our VA loans are probably the most flexible mortgage on the face of the earth. The reason this exists is because of the abnormal set of circumstances that most veterans go to, go through financially with pay, with deployment, with even things like a government travel card, right? That they don't make a payment on time and now I get a late or something, right? There's all sorts of unique sets of circumstances that pertain to veterans. So the loan itself is more flexible around some of those that other loan types might say, hey, these are not good things. And even though they are, keep in mind, VA loans have been more risk averse even than conventional over the last several years. Over historical times, VA loans are marginally more risk prone than I would say conventional loans looking at the data. So they're incredibly efficient, incredibly risk adverse, and they're incredibly flexible. So what this means to the listing side, to the sellers, you don't have to be worried about accepting an offer on your home that's a VA mortgage because the VA mortgage is probably has a higher likelihood of actually closing. They close exceptionally quickly right? The VA appraisal process, a lot of people are worried about, oh, well, I hear that VA appraisal has higher standards. Well, yeah, it has some higher standards, but none of those are problematic and they're not higher necessarily even than FHA or other government-based loans, right? So even though they have some standards, it's the only appraisal that actually affords the listing agent, the buyer's agent, if value is not going to be reached, right? It affords a proactive opportunity through Tidewater, the Tidewater Act, So that the appraiser has to come to the agents and say, hey, guys, I'm feeling like I'm going to have to bring this property in under value and invoke Tidewater. And then the agents, the professionals, have an opportunity to resubstantiate value with additional comparable properties to correct that. So systematically, right, from cost to risk to flexibility of underwriting to troubleshooting proactively problems that usually kill deals, VA is where it's at. And what I'm tired of seeing 
our ignorance on these issues preventing and causing discrimination against veterans accepting or being able to use their VA loan because people do not understand it. Like ignorance always causes fear. It's in everything. It's not just in mortgages, right? And veteran's not a bad word. Y'all don't have to tense up when you see VA mortgage. I'm telling you, it is the mortgage to beat all other mortgages. And I deal with debt from a macro level, assessing all of it against one another to choose the most efficient, most likely way to get someone to a certain position in future time to make them money. That's incredible. It's great because I've been doing this 13 years and our listeners are tuning into this show because they're trying to figure out how to buy their first home. And what they found is that different realtors were giving them different information. And all the stuff that you just talked about at VA, when I present my loan, I present all those facts and make sure that if the other agent doesn't understand that my buyer has been represented in the best way and is giving all this information to show them this VA is gold. Because some of the old timers, they still think it runs the way it used to. Yeah. In addition to updating your picture on your business card from 1996, update your mindsets as well. (laughs) Fantastic. I love that. All right. So then tell my listeners who's eligible for this loan. If they were listening to all that and they went, I don't understand what any of that means because I haven't done this yet. Who's eligible? So yeah, VA eligibility can be determined by a few different things. Active duty service is usually the most common and simple one. If you have the right characteristics of service from an honorable discharge, you can't have a bad conduct discharge or anything like that. You have to check those boxes. I was pulling this up just to send everybody to tell them where they can go. I'm a fan of telling you where to go to vet information, not necessarily just to trust me because I'm telling you that. So this is actually on ebenefits.va.gov. It's a website most veterans or even reservists, regardless of how they've served, they should be able to find. But if you just go there and search VA home eligibility, it's going to pull up a ton of information. If I walk through all of these things line by line, it's about two and a half pages long. So I'll try to capture all of the, at least the very points or the specific points. For reservists, you have to have served for six years or you have to have been activated for 90 days of wartime type service in wartime. If your spouse, a surviving spouse, and your or your your significant other had passed because of a service-specific injury, and you have not remarried, you may be eligible. There's a lot of different ways to qualify. Now, most people know if they're eligible for a VA loan. I'll, I'll say in general, for the ones that don't, it's very easy to go here and check because you probably have a specific circumstance. What for everyone else? Here's what I'll tell you: civilians can get a VA loan. So a civilian can assume a VA loan from a veteran which I wouldn't do as a veteran and ties up the entitlement. Not necessarily a great thing, but it happens. That's one way. Okay. Another way is as a co-signer, right? So you can have, you have something you call joint entitlement where you're going to have a veteran, like let's say a veteran and his non-military relative father or his girlfriend that's not a, a veteran or something along those lines, or even a close family friend, they can qualify together. The VA won't allow a full 0% down because of the way the 25% guarantee works on the entitlement. So what it'll require is because one's a vet and one's not, half of that 25% guarantee, so 12.5% of it will have to be a down payment. So you might ask, well, why would they do that if they have to have down payment? Well, even with a down payment that they're going to be coming up with sizably, it's still going to put them in a better, more efficient, lower rate, no PMI mortgage product that's going to be more cost-effective monthly and cost-effective long-term, even with the down payment with a civilian co-signer. 
if someone's looking at like a 10% product and, yeah, absolutely. and they're thinking, boy, I'd love for the old, for those of you guys, this is going to get a little technical for you, but an old 80, 10, 10, where you could avoid PMI, those things used to be out there. They're not there as often. Uh, 10%, a lot of times you're still paying PMI, that extra insurance per month. But it sounds to me like what you're saying is if mom or dad is a vet, they can co-sign and now you're in this beautiful VA loan that has all these wonderful privileges. Right. That's absolutely the case. And they just have to come up with a little bit of a down payment in that situation. But the financing mechanism itself, the mortgage, will be more cost effective, more efficient. Um, so that's significant. Another route, though, here's another one for everyone listening. Google Vendee Financing, V-E-N-D-E-E Financing. And there's a website, vrmco.listings.net, I think. I mean, if you just Google VRMCO listings, you'll be able to find it. But basically what this entire system is, it's the way the VA sells its real estate-owned properties. So the properties the VA has taken back in foreclosure or in some, for some reason, the properties they have taken back and own, they're selling those off to everybody, not just to veterans. So check it out. What they'll do is if you're wanting to buy a, a home out there that they own through Vendee Financing, as a civilian, zero down, right? It's a 100% loan to value product. You don't have the mortgage insurance, the monthly mortgage insurance. You have a funding fee, just like a veteran with a non-service connected disability would have, but there's no limit to how many properties from them you can buy in this owner-occupied manner, right? And then they'll seller finance it, whatever condition the property's in, because they're seller financing it. They're seller financing it with nearly the identical product that is the VA home loan guarantee, Right. If you want to buy one of these properties as an investment, you can. 5% down. What? Yeah, you can buy it from them for 5% down, no PMI, the funding fee, and there's no limit to the number of times that you can do that either. So still, there's opportunity for civilians to pay attention, and buying those properties, right, is actually going to help make the VA itself even more stable than it already is, right? So it's a great opportunity for everyone to interact with the product the entitlement itself in some mechanism or some way to ensure it's healthy. That's yeah. And that would be fantastic to keep it healthy and keep it growing. And for specifically for the listeners out there, we've been talking to a lot of people about house hacking. A lot of people looking to buy a duplex or looking to get a mom and dad or a family member to help them co-sign. And then they get roommates because their goal is many of them have bought into this to have real estate grow their wealth. When they talk to me about investing, I always tell them to go maybe look at the duplex idea, but start with your own first. And then we're going to need to do a big savings plan because we have to save 25 to 30% for our first investment property. You just blew that out of the water. Your first investment property could be at 5% with one of these, correct? It could be. Absolutely. That's amazing. That is crazy, huh? Okay. so, So the basics for the VA loan. It's zero down, it's no PMI, and it's a more affordable product. So when you're going and talking to someone who is a first-time buyer, and let's say they're signing a lease coming up at the end of the year here, what advice do you give people for the 12 months before they're ready to activate this loan and buy their first house? Sure. I would say they need to be mindful of all of the different categories that are going to be important to prepare for and what each of those categories require so that when they get to the X, they're ready to act. So let's start with credit first. On your credit, you don't need to have any over 30-day late payments to a credit card, to a car payment, to anything. That over 30-day late is going to hit you and harm you 
and prevent or cause difficulty to your mortgage approval. Too many of them and you're certainly not going to be eligible. Not very many programs allow for them necessarily either, even if it's through automation, automated underwriting problems. So credit's really important. You're going to be making on-time payments. Don't carry large balance on your credit, credit cards. One of the things that causes the most fluctuation monthly in a person's credit score is their credit card debt utilization ratio, right? And what I mean to say is if you have a $1,000 credit card and you're carrying a $1,000 balance every time it reports and they're billing you interest, then basically what that's reporting to credit is that you're maxed out. Paying it off to zero also will not get you all of the potential points that they could award you because it's not shutting up and coloring right, right, for the guys that were in the military, right? It's not following their algorithm. So rather than paying it off, if you carry at the time it reports, you have a $10, $15 balance on there. I try to stay below 1% of whatever the card threshold is when I'm staging my credit right to make certain I'm getting all of my points. Because it's kind of a dumb game. You would think if I wanted to perfectly, I'd pay it off to zero. But again, that's counterproductive. So carrying those balances really low compared to your maximums in turn will deliver more points on your uh, through both or all of the FICO algorithms for credit reporting that they're going to be using. So you have credit. That's important. Don't get new debt, right? Delay those large purchases that are going to report to your credit until later. Certainly don't do it during your period where you're trying to buy a house. That one's always comical. Yep. But that's credit. Income-wise, you need to make certain that your income has been consistent regardless of what type it is. You don't want to make a change from like W-2 salary to self-employed if you're transitioning or getting ready to buy a house because that's going to change how they view your historical income, right? So you need to be mindful of those needs. Debt, right? You don't need to like a kind of addressed with credit. You don't need to compile additional debt, new furniture, new anything like the house is more valuable than anything else you're going to buy, I promise you. So just <laughs> pace yourself and then you'll be able to buy whatever you want later, right? The point is to get the house because that's the asset that's going to appreciate. So limit your debt so that you can do another part that's important, which is save, right? Even with a VA mortgage with 100% loan to value, right? I don't like to say zero down because it may imply that in their mind, at least, that they don't have to come up with cash which usually is not the case, right? You have earnest money, you have closing costs, and you have prepaid costs. We like to negotiate those out to the seller side if we can get seller concessions to cover them. You can cover some of them or or all of them potentially, even though that's more costly, with a lender credit, which means you're getting a higher interest rate so they can give you back some of that money, right? Or the borrower can cover them. So 100% loan-to-value loan, even though you have that, it's a bad idea, in my opinion, to go into it with no reserve. The thing that makes debt safe, if a borrower had 20% to put down and qualified for a VA loan, I would say, consider not putting it down. Actually, my personal preference is I would never put it down. There's no reason here to put it down. They may want to put some down to lower the funding fee if they have that, which makes sense. But outside of what you're getting value from, don't put any additional money down. That makes the lender more secure, not yourself. And you might not be able to access that equity later when you need it. Because when you need it, something in one of these other categories I just described is going to be problematic likely, and that's going to prevent access. So don't give more than you need to. Better than doing that, that 20% or say it's 10% because you wanted 10% down to lower the funding fee cost, that 10%, even if it's even if it's in your bank account, money, I don't like holding money because it does one thing daily. It loses value daily. Saving today is not a dollar gained tomorrow, right? It's different. So even if you're just staking that money and saving it, which I don't like to do, and you have that 10% down in an in-case-of-emergency-break-glass bank account that you have to go in to get, 
that is better security so long as those funds are only used for your PITI, your principal interest tax insurance, the monthly mortgage payment that secures the asset that you've intended to purchase with your obligation currency. Obligation currency is more difficult and complex to spend than value currency or money. Even though money is dead itself, we won't get into that now. That's going to be too much probably. <laughs> right? But it's more important to have those reserves so that when your income's disrupted, it will be. And if you don't think it will be, you haven't lived long enough. When you get hit with a medical emergency and large bills, when you get hit with an odd thing breaking in the house and causing damage that your homeowner's insurance or your home warranty company simply throws their hand up on, right? When these things happen, reserves are the thing that ensure you have the replacements in order to move forward. If you don't have those, the entire process is potentially a waste of your time. If you lose the asset, all of the time was wasted. So you need to plan from the beginning, right? Back to the point. You need to plan from the beginning, in my opinion, to have reserves, to have savings. We're limiting expenses, watching income, working on credit so that we can save to ensure that the longevity of ownership is achieved. That is where you make money in real estate, ownership over time, right? And so all of these are necessary. The fastest and easiest way to do it and put yourself in a system with bumper lanes is honestly by simply pre-qualifying with a local independent mortgage broker. And I say it this way for a very specific reason. As a broker, as a true wholesale representative, I only have one client, my client. I'm not representing one bank. I'm looking at all of the banks and making them compete for my client's businesses, right? And I'm being a steward of the client's needs solely, showing them how to work backwards to pick out the best things that solve their problems to get them from A to B. A lot of other banks have these overlays that you talked about. Like if you call in to Veterans United and you have a 619 FICO score, good luck. They don't go below 620, USAA also, right? So these are overlays. They're not necessarily what the VA or FHA or any of these other company uh, entities require, right? Regardless of what it is, their opinion of what they want to do within what's allowed, right? And so they narrow the capability of the product down. They water it down a bit and just kind of cherry pick the easier stuff to do. It's important that you talk to an independent broker because you're going to understand totally what's able. So just like you would call an independent insurance agent, and if you haven't, you ought to, you'll probably save money, or an independent financial advisor, it shifts, in my opinion, who the fiduciary really is, right? Like if I'm working for a bank and my job is to sell one of 10 products, guess what you're going to get when you come to me as a consumer? I guarantee you one of 10 products, right? As a broker, I have access to thousands of products, hundreds of banks, and I can go out and choose perfectly one that solves the need in the most efficient manner possible. Now that is fantastic. Reiterating some of the things that we've talked about here on this podcast, not only is he talking about the the mortgage broker versus the banks, or as you guys know, the tap to get a mortgage, which I absolutely hate. And if you haven't heard me say this on this podcast, you haven't listened to enough. Don't tap for your mortgage gang. Talk to a broker and See, when you're talking to someone like Chris, he's going to give you all those pillars, all those things that you need to start fixing. And if you listen close at the end, he said there, talk to a mortgage broker early and help yourself make this plan. If you're a year out, talk to someone now and get your plan. So if someone calls you and says, I'm looking to buy a home at the end of my next lease, I just signed it. Is that something that you are then able to kind of give them a roadmap and get them on their way? Absolutely. I've got three daughters and I'm going to use a very simple and one of my favorite 
kind of analogies here for any and all of those who've seen Dora the Explorer. And if you haven't, well, maybe you ought to go and watch a cartoon now. Backpack, backpack, backpack. Right, right. <laughs> I want, when you come to me a year out, I'm going to break open the map, right? He's going to sing his little song and I'm going to say, look, you want to get to the big red barn. We can go along the long and winding river through the dark, dark forest or over the tall purple mountains. Which route would you like to take? Right. And there are different routes to get to that goal. And all of those routes, the only difference is in Dora, usually the other two are really bad ones. That can be the case, regardless of the point. Like, we'll get you, we'll get you whichever route you want to go through. I'll tell you what it's going to look like, what the difficulties will be, what the values will be. But the point is, you set a plan in place. If you don't plan to do something, if you don't have goals set and established, if you don't work towards those goals, right, then you're going to do what most people do save money and hope. That's not a great strategy. Not financially, it isn't, at least. And so something that's so important to your financial well-being, to your opportunity growth, in my opinion, you need to be very mindful of and proactive on up front. A year out's a great time so that you can begin to understand everything because it's not as simple as qualifying for mortgage and knowing what to do there, guys. To really make money in housing, you know what you need to do? You need to understand what drives value, right? You need to read a book out there called Emerging Real Estate Markets by a guy named David Lindahl. You need to read a book out there Actually, under the series, the guy who owns the trademark for The Other Side of the Coin has a books a series, and he has one book specifically huh. on mortgage that weighs out the pros, cons of every type of scenario you could ever want to see. You need to begin to do these things because you need to understand what's going to drive value with markets, with populations, with jobs, what stage of the market your market's in, so you know which type of asset to look at, where the corridors of growth within your market are what the acquisition metrics for the house that you're liking should be based off of not only historical record, but likely future, right? And then you need to understand what options for rehabilitation that you have. And then you need to understand when an exit should occur. I say that, meaning even if you're going to pull out equity, even if you're planning to pay off, even if you're planning to sell, convert, move, whatever else, you need to look at those things and consider when they might be likely, because even though five, seven years sounds like a long time from now, I've got a 10-year-old, 9-year-old, and a 4-year-old daughter that proves to me how fast the years actually run. So you need to have these things in mind so you can plan for them because that's what we all need to be doing. We need to be good stewards of our futures. That is such fantastic. Now, those of you guys out there, I've been beating you over the head telling you that you need to find a unicorn realtor who's going to help you find a unicorn lender, someone with experience that's willing to talk to you. Now, obviously, Chris is one of those guys, someone who's willing to talk to you. And If you haven't figured out what an expert he is listening to this information right now, then hit rewind and go back. And Chris, thank you so much for the information. I have to tell you, though, you destroyed my metaphor with your Dora metaphor. Listen, I've been telling people I could get in a car in Los Angeles and I could drive to Nashville. And if I followed east, I'd get there. But if I'm not talking to a mortgage broker, then I'm driving without a map or without a GPS. That's my analogy. You just destroyed it because Dora is way more exciting. <laughs> I love Dora. I've got three daughters. We're getting ready, I think, later this afternoon to go see Frozen 2. So I'm going to pray to God for a Moana 2. So here in six months when Frozen 2 soundtrack has absolutely killed me nearly, <laughs> I get some uh, new cheeky music at least. Yeah, you're praying for something else to come along so you can hit the recycle button on the new one. I feel you on that. My girl's nine. We're I saw still, her come down the stairs a second ago. I think of a butterfly out. So. Yeah, is that what's it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told, right. I told her, Daddy's doing a podcast. I'm looking for you at 730. So there she was. 
<laughs> That's awesome, man. No, and I appreciate the opportunity to come on and speak to people that are going to be considering pursuing what, in my opinion, is the lowest common denominator for establishing wealth in America. I think home ownership is the first, is the most likely, is the most common way for people who have never had wealth to have an opportunity to create some. I think the data supports it. I'm willing and able and desiring to argue with anybody who disagrees with that statement. Obviously, I completely concur. The reason why I started this podcast, because in my 20s, I moved out and my largest monthly bill was my rent, just like everyone else out there. And I paid it and I never got evicted. And then when I was 28, I moved back down to where I grew up. Now as a realtor, I went back and did the math for like maybe an eight or $10,000 down payment on a condo, that first apartment I rented. I would have had like $350,000 at 28 years old when I moved down. And that was during a recession. It didn't uh, even go well. This was the 90s. It's yeah. simple math, man. And it's so great to have you help validate that for us. Where can people find you if they've got some basic loan questions, especially some veteran questions? I would say the fastest way to find me is usually on Facebook. I'm on there like a 13-year-old girl, honestly. I use Facebook as a means to stay in contact with the people I've developed relationships with nationally over my entire 34 years of existence. So on Facebook, I'm Chris Griffith. You can see me. I've got a great beard. You'll know what I mean when you see it. I'm also oh, on yeah, I'm also <laughs> on most of the other social platforms. My cell number, 903-815-7537. It's the only cell phone number I've ever had. And you can always email me as well. Christopher at debtdoesdeals.com. That's awesome. And you're in Texas, but you're also licensed in some other states as well, correct? We are. We are licensed in Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado, Montana, California, Florida, and North Carolina. Fantastic. So gang, you know the drill. Here at the How to Buy a Home, we want you to find your unicorn agent and your unicorn lender to help you get that map that we were talking about. So Chris, thank you so much for being with us today. Good luck with your continued mission. And we really appreciate the information. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. There it is, folks. What an interview. So for everyone out there freaking out about your student loans, you just got a freaking master's in debt leverage to build wealth. And it was free. Will not be coming after you with a monthly bill. And if you really want it to feel like school, go to davidsedoni.com, print it up, and make yourself your own textbook. That was some good stuff. And if it didn't make sense to you yet, cool. Don't worry about it. That's the way learning works. You didn't understand how to eat food until you did it repeatedly, right? Okay, let me get a more realistic metaphor. You didn't understand car insurance until you needed it. And then the more you researched it, then the better you understood it and the better deal that you got. So there was a ton of information in there, but here's a few highlights and some takeaways from my boy, Christopher, Captain Beard. God, he's, it's an awesome beard. All right. Well, number one, for several reasons, a VA loan is the cheapest and safest, most risk-averse loan that you can get. That's pretty exciting to know if you're a veteran or one of our men and women in uniform actively today, or what do you say, a reservist six years in? That's awesome. Another great takeaway, you need a unicorn realtor to present your VA loan. Some people in the industry are dinosaurs. Not sure if you've heard me say that before, perhaps every other episode. But the industry is broken and it's backwards. You can fix that by getting fantastic representation, by finding a unicorn realtor, someone with experience who actually wants to help you. 
and they can present your VA loan for what it really is. It's gold. So that the home seller and the home seller's real estate agent can see what a gift-wrapped, slam-dunk, badass buyer that you are. He also told us that using a home is the greatest way to leverage your monthly payment out, your rent, and you can leverage it into a wealth-building automatic savings that includes appreciation and tax benefits. And you get to live in it. And finally, my biggest takeaway was you need a map. That's right. You need a map. And if you draw your own map instead of calling a pro who's willing to work with you, then you're going to suffer by taking the more expensive and more time-consuming path, like the two that you're not supposed to take of the three paths with Dora. See, I told you there are unicorns out there dedicated to helping those that the real estate industry ignores. First-time buyers, veterans, people that aren't getting the service they deserve and that are getting ripped off, we're here to help you. You have options, you have choices, and your unicorn agent is paid for by the seller. And did you know that your unicorn lender often is also something that isn't a big chunk out of your paycheck? Now, they've usually got a fee, but a bulk of their payment for serving you will actually come to them from the bank. Yeah, did you know that as a first-time home buyer, if you've got a good unicorn agent who refers you to a lender, then you're going to pay them what we call an origination fee. In California, it's around a thousand bucks. So that's your loan fees. All right. But again, that's in California. It's different all over the place. But any good unicorn lender you get referred to by your unicorn realtor, they're just going to have that origination fee. And that mortgage broker, what they're going to do is they're going to hunt and they're going to find you the best rate, the best deal, the best product for you. And usually you just pay that origination fee and anything else that the lender gets paid on top of it, they get paid by the bank, not by you. You shouldn't be paying tons of extra fees to get that great deal. A unicorn lender is either going to get the rebate for the bank or they're going to do enough volume that they can just make that origination fee and be fine helping and serving many people like you. And if it doesn't work out like that and the numbers don't look like that, you're probably not with a unicorn. So how do you find someone that's going to sit down with you when you're just a regular renter? Just a dude out there thinking, yeah, you know, someday I want to buy a house, but I'm not even close. Then what are you doing? Are you looking for your Dora map? Is that what you're looking for? By the way, if any of you guys watch Dora and you know that that map has some serious self-worth and self-image issues. I mean, how many times do you have to tell us that you're a map? You guys know the song? You listen to the chorus? I'm a map, I'm a map, I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map. He says it like 50 times. Dude, we get it. Anyway, if you're listening to this right now, that means you took the time to seek this out. You took the time to find the podcast. You're listening. It means you're thinking about this. So it doesn't matter if you're 30 days or 30 weeks away. I don't care if you're years away from buying a home. If you asked me, what's the number one mistake first-time buyers make in all of my 13 years of experience and now hundreds and hundreds thanks to the podcast, first-time buyers that I've counseled all over the country, they all, all waited too long to start their plan with a pro. And I get it. I understand why. There's not a lot of information out there. No one tells you this is the way you should do it. Well, I'm giving you the insider secrets. You are getting the hack from an inside. I'm a whistleblower, man. Not all that many people who are real pros are willing to help. But guess what? Ta-da! You found me, the promised land. And I will help you, and so will your local unicorn. Unicorn Nation is here to help. 
So DM me, text me, email me, find me at davidsedoni.com, fill out the contact sheet, and we'll let's hook you up with a unicorn realtor in your area. Look, I'm not driving to where you live and going to help you go through everything, but I could find someone badass in your area to do it. So many other listeners didn't think they could do it, and they reached out to me, and I got them a unicorn, and they're on their way, and some of them have even gotten their keys. Yeah, as of November 2019, we've got six listeners who have bought a home, one more in escrow. They didn't think they could do it until they listened to the podcast. They heard they could do it, and then we hooked them up with a unicorn. Nicole in Green Bay got the keys to her house with the help of Kevin, the unicorn realtor. And then Justin from Green Bay reached out to me. He DM'd or emailed or something, and he said, hey, who's that unicorn you were talking about? Well, guess what? Bam! Now Justin and Kevin are hooked up, and Justin's on his way to buying a house. Amy in Allentown, Pennsylvania, asked for a unicorn. Bam! Done. She's on her way. Annie in Northern California. Bam! Unicorned. Christopher in Cape Coral. Ethan in Arizona got him hooked up with a unicorn agent who is seriously almost as pumped up about Unicorn Nation as I am. They're out there. We're a small percentage, maybe 15, 20% of realtors are willing and want to do this and find you as valuable. Now, is this the fastest and most lucrative way for other realtors to grow a real estate business? Hell no. That's why there's not that many doing it because they don't understand and they believe that the system is designed for them to work with sellers and that's how they make money. Think about it. By choosing myself, by choosing to work with first-time buyers in my area so I can be a real-world expert for you here on the podcast, not just some blowhard giving advice for something that he or she does not do every single day, of which there are thousands of podcasts of people that are giving you advice about something they don't actually do full-time. By making that choice, it's a 30 to 40% pay cut with every client that I work with since first-time buyers are obviously they're at the bottom of the pricing scale and the realtors get paid off of a percentage of the purchase price. So I'm taking a 30, 40% cut and Unicorn Nation, they're out there for you. And yes, I do receive some small referral fees when I get you out to the unicorns. It works out to about $3.12 an hour with all the research that I do vetting the unicorns and making sure that they are have high integrity and high character and can be part of this nation because I'm putting my name on it. So all the time that I spend talking to all the unicorns and creating Unicorn Nation, communicating with you, taking the calls, answering the DMs, answering the messages and the emails, getting to all of your questions on Facebook and Instagram, and of course, all of the time creating this free podcast in the wee hours of the night after my clients and my family go to bed. No, it's not making me rich, but I believe in this project and I believe it can grow. Why else do I do this? Why do I give all this information for free? Well, because it makes me happy because I get notes like this. After renting for two years and calculating all the money we've been losing to rent as we rent our apartment, we decided late last year to start saving money to buy a home. We didn't find a whole lot of information in this process at first, and we began to question if this was even possible. But a few weeks ago, we came across your amazingly informative podcast, and we are even more confident in believing that we can actually do this. We are wondering if you know a unicorn realtor in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Thank you for your help. You have given us so far and for believing in us. Bam! They have been unicorned. This is why I do this, folks, because it's an opportunity for me to help people that have not been helped who deserve to be helped, taking my knowledge 
me just putting my head to the grindstone for 13 years, helping first-time buyers, and now I get to wake up and feel good about myself because I am in your ear holes and you are learning something. And most importantly, you're learning to believe in yourself and understand this process is not impossible. I have spoken. If you didn't get that Mandalorian rules, and if you don't think so, then we agree to disagree, and I agree that you have no taste. Okay, so you've got three jobs to do, three action steps. Number one, go back and listen to other podcast episodes if you need a refresher on some stuff. Relist some things that you really need to pound into your noggin. And if you haven't listened to all of them, there are bits and pieces of every part of the process along the way, so I highly recommend that you do that. Not because I'm a narcissist, not because I think I'm the expert on this, because I think I'm the only idiot taking all his time to spend and put this all in one place because you need it. Most folks go to a realtor and they get this in a crash course in a weekend and they figure out, holy crap, I needed to do six months of other stuff and I should have planned differently and I should have done this and I should have done that. Don't be one of those people. This is free, real information from you from a guy who knows this stuff from the inside. Beat the system. Number two. Go to the website, fill out the contact form at the bottom, and tell me where you need a unicorn. They're out there, and I can help you find one, and then they will give you the map. I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map. And number three of your action steps, share the podcast. If I've given you any value, please help me out share the podcast. This is for two reasons. Number one, it's just the right thing to do. I believe in this. It's my passion project. It is a mission that I have, and I know that the best way to get what you want is to help others get what they want. So you can do the same thing, share it. And then the second reason why sharing it helps, the more reviews that we get, actual written reviews on iTunes, of course, the more downloads and the more listeners we get, the more time that I can dedicate to this free venture for all of you, helping you to make yourself the hero of your own story. And then you can share it with others and make them feel like a hero. Heck, right now, pause it, text it to a friend. Share it to them. It's right down there at the bottom. Share the podcast. Get it out there. Be a hero to them. And then enjoy the fact that you get to be the hero in your own story and find your own happily ever after. Because you know what, gang? You can do this.